Welcome to the Crypto Campfire. They stack chips, you barely got a half-eaten Cheeto. Mitch and the Professor. Featuring special guest, Blaze, the energy guru. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto Campfire Podcast. This is the Professor. And Mitch. And today we're going to be talking with Blaze, the energy guru. But before we start talking to him, let's grab that crypto news from the Crypto Gent. Thanks, Professor. Hello, Crypto Campfire listeners, and welcome to the Cryptocurrency News in a Flash with the Crypto Gent. H&M targets ethical consumers with blockchain traceability. And COVID-19 domain seized after attempted sale for Bitcoin. That's the Cryptocurrency News in a Flash with the Crypto Gent. And it's back to you, Professor. Thanks a lot, Crypto Gent. Well, Mitch, how's your day going? It's going good, man. It's, it actually was a pretty decent day. Uh, got some work done in my shop. Got a nice piece all lacquered up and ready to be delivered. So I'll be putting that in either tomorrow or Friday. And um, just watching the current events, listen to our Andreas Antonopoulos uh, episode, and it was pretty lit, man. I, you know, it's, it's funny. what You don't really get the impact of our episodes until we listen to them because when we're doing them, you know, you just, you're so involved in what you're going to ask and all that stuff. It's hard to uh, absorb the, uh, the podcast. So, yeah, I like listening back to, to listen deeper to what the guests are saying. You always hear something that you forgot and you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot he yeah. said that. Sometimes there's some, some good yeah, shit exactly. too that I, uh, <laughs> I need to save for later, but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good time. Um, so I'm curious to learn a little bit more about what Blaze has going on. Um, I understand he also has a couple projects he wants to show a little bit. So we'll, uh, we'll let him take the stand on that too. So uh, right. without further ado, Blaze, welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate your time. It's awesome. Yeah, no problem. Man. It's here. good to have you on the show. We're stoked to learn a little bit more about what, uh, what you're into. So uh, before we start getting into your energy guru side, let's, uh, let's take a step back. What got you into crypto in the first place? Like, how did you actually discover it? And then what got you hooked when you found it? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that's always an interesting story, right? You guys get all this all the time from your guests, I'm sure. So yeah, that's the first question <laughs> I ask everybody. Yeah. And it's funny how much the stories vary. Yeah, so I was a little bit of a late bloomer. So the guys that have, you know, invested in Bitcoin when they were, you know, four dollars you know i don't need to hear that you yeah know, it's not me, me either, don't worry. Frustrated. don't worry <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, the worst part is i knew about it when it was that cheap but i didn't uh, look into yeah. it so yeah Let's, we can see we can moving forward <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so let me think so crypto i'd say it was around quite frankly it was actually on the way up to the to the bubble of 20k that i heard about it um a friend of mine uh was talking to me about it and I kind of looked into it myself, but he wasn't really interested. And then I started really to understand it from a, from a trading perspective <clears throat> um, from uh, cause I used to trade uh, Forex and commodities uh, like gold and stuff. And so uh, I was very interested in learning uh, crypto, but it does not move like gold and like Forex. Okay. So it was one of those things I had to actually, you know, okay, I got to sit down. I got to learn this stuff. I got to figure out how it moves, you know, candlestick patterns, blah, blah, blah. So, and I'm a, I'm a technical person on a, on, on many levels, but this one was, I could tell was a little bit out of my league at the time. And then obviously, you know, 
on the way up to 20K, I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Um, an asset that is a digital asset is, you know, moving in this way. What is, what is going on? And so, um, I started to dive into it and then I told the same buddy who introduced me to Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency, um, to, you know, really look into it. So then he, he has kind of a, uh, you know, our, my, my, my job and his job are similar in that we, we kind of run our own schedules. Right. So, um, you know, he's, he's in his office just diving in, you know, listening to everybody like Andreas and all these folks, um, pomp and these guys and <clears throat> they, uh, he just started to get super into it. And then he really got into investing into like Litecoin and Bitcoin and stuff. And so, um, he's, we, he started to kind of teach me a little bit about it. And I, and I didn't really, as crazy as this sounds, I didn't really care about the technical side because I'm not really an IT person. Like I never was, I always appreciated and loved computers and computer technology, but I never was the guy that was going to read the manual on windows right and figure out everything that was going on with that so i never really had a desire to but my company uh that i work for now um it, it tasked me in 2019 well it was really 2018 but we got the clear vision and kind of the go-ahead in 2019 to focus on two uh, two kind of seg niche markets really. And, and one of them we identified, and these are, you know, we'll get into this, but you know, markets that are heavy, big energy users, right? Like, uh, you know, the man, the huge manufacturers, the, uh, you, know, you name it, any, any large energy consumer, retail energy consumer we, we wanted to go after, but it was the market's so saturated, right? So we wanted to get into some niche markets. So, we identified the medical marijuana space as well as the cryptocurrency space. Not super passionate about the medical marijuana space, so I figured, hey, I already know a little bit about Bitcoin. I already know it from a trading perspective. It's time to get a little bit more fundamentally sound with it. And so uh, from there, I went to Bitcoin 2019 last year and it totally changed my mind. Like, wow. I mean, you know, the technology, the you know, reading Satoshi's white paper and just understanding money is in general was like something kind of foreign to me. You know, I just kind of made it, put it away. You know, actually it's funny. Peter McCormick says that on his podcast, like I didn't know what money was and he just went through a whole series about, you know, what Bitcoin is and stuff. And it's like, I never asked myself about money and I'm the same way. I never knew, you know, didn't know where it came from. I just figured, you know, feds print it and boom, there it is. And, never really understood what a bank was, never really understood what any, like anything like that, um, how that functioned. And then I went to Bitcoin 2019 and I met all these wonderful people of just super brilliant folks. And then, um, and then I was just completely hooked, not, not hooked in a, in a, an addictive way. I was just really passionate about this technology and you know, sure. I mean, you know, I have Bitcoin socks. I have two Bitcoin sneakers from blockchainkicks.com. Shout out to them, you know, but, you know, so yes, I am, I am hooked not only from, I understand it now I'm in the space now and I, I specifically help my, the mining community. That's how I'm all in, intricate, uh, involved with the space primarily. Um, but man, you know, learning it fundamentally for what it was really changed a lot of my, 
my understanding about it. And I, I'm, I'm really thankful for that, for that conference, because again, if I, if I just kind of went about it on my own, I probably wouldn't have been, um, the pa- the passionate person I am today about the space. And I, I just think, you know, they, one of the best things about that conference was like, uh, the keynote was, um, was James Snowden, man. And he was, he, you know, he was just, or Ed Snowden. I always call him James Snowden. I don't know why I say that. Anyway, um, Snowden, man, was just talking about privacy. He's talking about all this kind of stuff. And, and then he's mentioning about Bitcoin and just how, you know, trusted third parties and all of that, man, it was just really, it just blew my mind. So now, you know, we sit here today in 2020 and, you know, we're doing a ton of stuff in the space like myself with the energy in the energy sector with these miners. And it's just, that's just a whole nother world. You know, we can sit here and talk about Bitcoin all day. The miners are just. I don't think anybody really realizes how much your views and oh. thought processes change after you get into crypto. You know, I mean, I think everybody gets in and then all of a sudden they're like, Oh my God, they just realize there's so much yeah. more than just trading and making money and all that stuff, you know? So, so they get, they get deeply involved and, and that's where, like you said, the passion mm-hmm. just brews like something crazy. And, um, you know, it, just, it keeps you, uh, it keeps you intrigued. It keeps you pulled in, you know, and it's hard not to say, and it's hard <laughs> not to use yeah. the word uh, addictive because it is addictive and whether it's whether it's an addiction to the passion that you that mm-hmm. you create for yourself or that you find that you have in the space or it's an addiction to the yeah, excitement right. of f- seeing how other people react to things you know and I, I think that just really drives a lot of your energy yeah i mean that no pun intended right <laughs> so yeah, the, right. Uh, <laughs> but the the thing for me two things really I took away from Bitcoin 2019. Right. And so again, I, you know, never been to Silicon Valley, never been, uh, even on the West coast, actually I've been the West coast one, two other times, but you know, it was one when I was 16 and the other one I was with my wife. So, but never, never, never to Silicon Valley. Um, and the biggest, the two things I walked away from Bitcoin 2019 was I can be my own bank and I can use Bitcoin to do it. Right. And the, the ability to control money, you know, digital currency or money, you know, in a way that I, I can, I can allow technology and mathematics to ensure the validity of it sold, you know, and I, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to, you know, for me, if I'm going to invest in something, I want to learn about it. And, and at the time, you know, in 2017, I was learning about it from a trading perspective, like, Oh, right. this is another cool asset, you know, didn't really care. <laughs> but at the end Today I was like, man, this this Bitcoin stuff, it's 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 more than just trading it, you know. And then so that's when I started to learn about it like wholeheartedly and started to read books and started to read Satoshi's white paper and really started to get grossed into the space. And the, one of the, the the last thing I'll say about how I got into it was when they said that this is this is similar to the internet boom of the '90s or the you know late '80s '90s. Um, you know, some people kind of look at that and go, okay, whatever, you know, not really sure about it. For, for, for me, it was one of those things where, Hey, I'm not going to be missing no crazy, yes. 
thing like that again. Okay. Like, yeah, like we just said, you know, if, if, if I missed Bitcoin when I was at $4, like I'm not going to be, I'm going to be on the forefront of this oh, now yeah. and, and, and not even, not even from like a making money perspective, but just like a supporter in the community and just kind of educating folks on how this, you know, I, I tell my kids all the time, you know, my, my, my son's six years old. He understands Bitcoin, he, you know, for a six year old, he gets right. it. Um, but those, I mean, those guys, you know, that's the, that's that generation, man. Those, you know, 92% of money is digital right now. Well, let's, let's be honest, you know, I mean, cryptocurrencies, we didn't, nobody wants to be that guy that misses it. Right. I mean, no. these opportun- opportunities like this don't come around every 10 years, you know, and yeah. that was, you hit the nail on the head when you said that I was like, yes, that was exactly it. I didn't want to be that guy that said shit i wish i would have even though when i got in about the same time you did you know i, I i'm buying in the higher echelon of uh, cryptos, <laughs> yeah. but you know what I, I i stepped in with a toe and then just been buying dips ever since it hasn't sure. stopped dipping since so you know yeah. i've been buying right. the dips since and i'm ready for a bull run just like we all are but the yeah. movement is what's really kept me fascinated and when we started yeah. this podcast and getting involved with the communities, it's just been incredible. Just yeah, I mean, listen, incredible. at the end of the day, Bitcoin can go to a dollar tomorrow. Yes. Or, and the or experience go, was well worth it. But, but even still, I mean, until Bitcoin dies, which I don't ever think it will actually, I, I you know, as, as long as uh, nobody in, in government can physically shut it down, you know, like, they, they take a stance like kind of India did, which is a really big win for India. Just if you, if you heard that, they just, uh, they just lifted the ban of, of digital currency usage in India, which is really, really awesome. Um, <clears throat> just all that. And so, but until it, until it dies or if it goes the other way, if Bitcoin goes to a hundred thousand or if you're on Twitter at all, I mean, that's all they, you know, every, every five minutes, I feel like somebody's saying Bitcoin's going to go here, 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 here. And, I don't really listen to all that noise for me. It's just like, yeah, sure. We can, we can all make money on it as a, as a, as a tradable asset in the market uh, on an exchange. But at the end of the day, it is one of a kind technology. And that is where I will continue to be in that playing field forever. And for as long as I'm here on this earth in regards to this is, this is, this, this guy or, you know, whatever group Satoshi, um, is far beyond his time, you know, and it's just so, it's so awesome to actually be in the community with that understanding all of this stuff. And, you know, it's, it's just awesome. It's just cool. So Blaze, as far as the energy gurus, that's uh, sure. from an electrical standpoint, you supply energy, you work with data centers, mining farms, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to tell us sort of how you got into that side of yeah. the space and what exactly are you doing? Absolutely. So, so I, I am the vice president of energy consulting and special projects for Amrex and it's a firm owned by Cantor Fitzgerald in uh, based out of Houston. And we are very sophisticated in that we operate, we're actually unique in the, in the marketplace in regards to, we are, we're not a supplier. We don't, we don't um, supply electricity to any clients. We're basically you know, a glorified middleman, right? I mean, we're matching up supplier and re- and a retail customer, you know? Um, and so uh, we have tremendous customers of anywhere from Fortune 100 all the way down to, you know, a mom and pop pizza shop. But essentially what we're, what we're best at is um, we have significant data. So we have 
um, a wholesale a wholesale brokerage desks that that ba- that there's a roughly about 50 tr- uh, brokers there that are brokering any anywhere from 90 megawatts to about you know 20 to 30 bcf a day in the markets and this is wholesale power so this is generated electricity um, you know produced natural gas so we have a crude uh, desk as well as we have the, we have the largest liquidity in the market in regards to renewable energy certificates so we're seeing all these types of fuels come in and being traded in the wholesale market from generation or i'm sorry generator to uh, wholesale entities so like a retail energy provider a bank hedge fund anybody trying to take a position in the wholesale market and then that wholesale market has to get turned into a retail product so folks like you and i you, you know your businesses you know any all the way from, you know, Google's data centers all the way down to us at our homes, you know, we purchase uh, electricity in a retail form, as well as natural gas, if you have natural gas. And so <clears throat> I got into the space kind of on accident. <laughs> and so uh, in my in my previous career, I rented cars. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I was a area manager for Hertz Rent-A-Car here in central Pennsylvania. Um, and I, and so, um, basically what I told myself, we're going through a lot of uh, corporate restructure, um, back in 2015 and 20, actually 2014 to 2016. And so, uh, what I, what I realized was I wanted to get into something more macro. I didn't want to just talk to people. I want to talk to people about what I did, but I didn't want to just pipe in the conversation when they're going on vacation or they got to a car accident and I was just, you know, not cool and, you know, very, very, very niche. So I decided to look at the energy market, IT, or, you know, the, the tech space, uh, as well as the financial market or, you know, financial like banking and stuff. And so I always had a very, very deep rooted, didn't even know I had it, passion for energy. And then I actually was employed by a supplier, uh, somebody that supplies electricity, uh, retail energy provider. And then um, I left them and joined Amrex, which uh, was the best move I've ever, ever made in my career. And uh, one that is uh, bullish on crypto. Man. I mean, you can't get a you can't get better than you know uh, uh, one of the largest investment banks in the world's subsidiaries, which is us. That is uh, bullish in the fact that we are ready and eager to serve the Bitcoin mining or cryptocurrency mining community. You know, and so um, that's cool. It's been an awesome ride. I mean, I've only been really in this, in the mining space, you know, really since, um, <laughs> I got to tell you a funny story, a short story of how I kind of got my name in the mining community. So we're at Bitcoin okay. 2019 and we're at this, we're at this bar. Um, shout out to Bill McDonald for bringing me to this bar, Billy McAdoo, man. He's my boy. First guy that I met at the conference, we just automatically clicked. We said, Oh, uh, you're a normal person. Oh, okay. Cause again, we're, we're meeting guys that are like selling us retail space explorations for $250,000 all the way down to some guy in his basement that bought Bitcoin because he heard about it through a video game, like all types of wild stuff. And so I walked up to him. Oh yeah. I met him on telegram. We met up. Oh, you're normal. I'm normal. Great. Let's do it. So we, we, and we're still friends to this day, business partners and everything. So he's, he's a really good guy. So he took me to this spot called El Rio, which is a, which is a, uh, a bar in San Francisco and open note. If you ever heard of them, they did, uh, they, they're in the lightning network space. 
Um, I don't know, too, uh, but they had this like little happy hour where they can do, um, you can do like 30 second elevator speeches. I said, you know what, dude, I'm in San Francisco. I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm in a space that nobody's really serving the community in this way. Nobody's really talking about, you know, how to purchase electricity properly, what's involved in it. It's such a, it's such a complicated, right. you, know, you think mining's complicated, you know, electricity is the only commodity that once it's created, it has to be consumed. So just understanding that is just a phenomenon on its own. And so I'm like, great, I just fit right in. So boom, I get up there. Hey, I'm the energy guru. I'm from Pennsylvania. And I want to ask you a question. What is one thing Bitcoin can't live without? Right. And they're like, you know, computers, internet, blah, blah, blah. They're just saying whatever. And yeah. And some guy uh, that I was actually talking to, right. I was talking to this guy about what I was going to say. He goes, energy. And I'm like, bingo. And so I started rolling into what I basically just described to you. Um, and so uh, it was it was actually, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, man, everybody's clapping. Yeah, yeah, all right. You know, I'm like, what the heck just happened? I just said what I did, and everybody's like clapping. And oh, it, was, it was just a cool experience. But from there, I had guys coming up to me, hey, I mine, you know, we're, we're a commercial miner. We, we have, we're trying to you know, find electricity. And I just started meeting a ton of people and um, very loyal folks, you know, very loyal folks. And uh, it was just really cool. So that's kind of how we got, how I got infiltrated into the mining sector from that little shindig there. And then, yeah, man, it's, it's been great. It's been great. That's quite the Cinderella story, I must say. So, please, <laughs> this question's been burning at me since we started this episode. What happens if you mix 151 with Huckleberry Vodka? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably a bad news, bad news all the way around. I, I, I haven't heard 151 in a long time. I'm sorry. I, I had to throw that in there. Um, actually, the, the real question is, what was the most – unacceptable thing you've done in your life unacceptable oh <laughs> uh, we're going deep here unacceptable that's hard man i mean Dude, i've a done a lot one. of unacceptable things that i'm really not proud to say <laughs> uh <laughs> i mean there's been times where i've made some really dumb decisions you know it's interesting like i'll just be super general right you're a pro you, I, I believe this with wholeheartedly that um, you are a product of who you hang around with. Right. And I would say probably the biggest and un most unacceptable thing was I, at a young age, right. Um, high school, college, I just hung around some really bad people. <laughs> right. And so like, for example, those type of people would ne have never had a clue what Bitcoin was. Right. And I think about guys like that were in Silicon Valley when they were in high school. Right. And I'm like, man, I wish, you know, those guys are leading the world in technology and like, you know, outside of China, perhaps. But, you know, it's just I, I reflect on that. And it's and it's amazing that 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 was the most unacceptable thing, just being around people that just weren't making me any better, weren't emotionally invested in me. And I wasn't emotionally invested in them. And it sucked, and it was unacceptable. I'd have to say it was by XRP. There's no way around that. <laughs> That's just as bad. 
That's just as bad. I still have some XRP and I'm still counting on it. That was just, uh, XRP was definitely the first coin that I bought though when I first came in. I mean, I had Bitcoin a little bit from a couple of years before where I had mined a little bit of it. But when I really discovered what altcoins were, uh, XRP, I guess I was calling it Ripple at the time before they had made that distinction. Yeah. Because that was in 2017. But uh, that was the first one I got. It's so funny. I had some guy literally tell me that same thing. I'm like, oh man. Uh, can we talk about something else? Yeah, we're moving. XRP. The thing about XRP, though, is it's like it's just a whole different use case. You know, it's not a competitor to Bitcoin. It's just a, right. it's meant to be centralized. You know, that's what the whole design of it was for. It's for those big institutions and stuff. So, yep, you know, I certainly wouldn't choose it as a, if I was trying to find a token, you know, or a coin like Bitcoin, where it's a decentralized, safe place to store all your money. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not going to put my life savings in XRP. Fuck no. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I'll invest a little bit in it just in case because I think they have a reasonable business plan for the audience that they're trying to target. Sure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a different thing. You know, you have to understand what you're buying into. And I think that's the other thing too is uh, yep. a lot of the hate from that comes from the way Ripple handles their communications. And, yep. you know, there's a big thing to say about that. And it's, you know, it is what it is. And there's not much you can do about it, but it's a company, you know, that's yeah. all. That's the way I look at it. Is this, if, if I'm buying XRP, I'm investing in a company. Like if I was buying that's a stock, right. I don't look at it like crypto. That's it's right. crypto in that it's using a blockchain. Yes. You know, but it's, it's different. You know, mm -hmm. it's a different entity. I'm with you, man. Okay. So you get to choose any artist in the world to draw any mural you can imagine on one interior wall of your house. What is the mural and which room do you put it in? Ooh. See, I'm a musician, man. I never used to look at paintings all the time, dude. I, you know, that was my form of art. Could be you know, a Zeppelin mural. I mean, think outside no, the box. That wouldn't be terrible. <laughs> that wouldn't be terrible. I actually probably might go with that. You know, the, the, the Zeppelin from uh, Zeppelin One. Uh, probably, uh, you can see this big wall. I don't know if you got the video on, but this just yeah. there's this huge wall. Oh yeah, you got a good good place yeah. for it, right oh, there. Oh man, you, you it, can just it, put it, all the Zeppelin album covers all the way across totally. the wall. Oh, you know what was cool though? The other thing is if you if you look at the other thing was nice um, about Bitcoin 2019 was they had spray painters there, you know, and doing doing the spray painting gig on on a on a concrete wall. Man, that was awesome. They had like Daffy Duck and like all uh, uh, all types of crazy characters i would want that on my wall too because that guy was super i mean the detail of it was amazing you gotta check that out graffiti artists are amazing yeah yeah um, we just talked to we had justin vendetta the verge founder on uh what two yeah. weeks ago now oh, for, the, for the second time around and uh we, we this time we talked to him about his graffiti stuff and um he does some really fantastic graffiti art his his profile picture is the one that he said that he actually enjoyed the most it was on the side of a train and it's yeah. yeah, I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible work. The talent on some of these guys is oh. is mind blowing. And and for me, it's like you know, I'm not. I'm I'm very. I try to be creative. I'm not super creative, like when it comes to things like marketing and stuff. I'm I'm not that great. But you know, if it, we're talking music or art, like I was never the guy that wanted to play the song like exactly like the song. I always wanted to be, you know, have have like my spin on you know dazed and confused or something like that you know what i mean and and not not to say that i wouldn't play it like completely different but you know there's times where i'm not going to play jimmy page's lead okay so i'm going to play my own <laughs> <laughs> because go ahead and try like you know yeah it's, right it's trying to replicate something, not many you know? people can do that <laughs> that's the beauty of music though right it's like the the variety and the fact that it can always be different and Yep. It's same thing there's, with there's beauty in every piece of music just like yeah, every it piece still of has art. its that's own right. signature 
right? right. Even Absolutely. though you're playing it differently, the signature's still there. Yeah. yeah. So that question, I'd say, come, come paint a really cool painting on my wall, and I would be 100% okay with it, as long as it's, you know, nobody like chopping people's heads off or something. Yeah, right. Like yeah, anything horrible <laughs> like that. Th- yeah. Things that are going to get the police called are probably yeah, not. Probably the best. Not. <laughs> um, why don't you take it to the next level? You can have any artist in the world. So, you know, maybe uh, integrate some music into it. Maybe uh, okay. part of the design is readable by an app. And as you pan the wall on your camera, it plays the music or something. Weird. Ooh, I like it. I like it. If you want to get your music into it, we can make a, make a living painting. Man, oh yeah. You're talking. And you this, and, this is 2020, right? man. What are you doing? I'm You're living in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Have QR codes in the, in the, in the painting. You know? Yeah, exactly. You got your Bitcoin and we'll, wallet embedded in your somebody's uh, doing that. and all that somebody's doing that oh, they're, totally. they're doing uh like I, I think it's original art and like there's a little there's a little you know qr code on the bottom and there's and i, I saw them at uh when i was in vegas for uh world crypticon and uh, and they had yeah. i forget i forget the name of, of the company but they had you know original art and uh they gave away five dollars of bitcoin if you purchased a uh a, a painting so was that there. was that uh it was a guy and his wife. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. Um... Yeah, we were there in Vegas too. We went to oh, really? uh, Litecoin Summit, and Mitch actually hit World CryptoCon after too. So. Nice. Yeah, it so was, I was in the mine. I was in the mine. We're not talking about the artist that they, they raffled off his uh, his painting, like shit ton of money. And all. No. Okay. No, no, all no. Right. No, they were they were a vendor like in the vendor section there. Okay. Um, but that I don't I don't think that was them. Cool. So I'm not sure whose question is up right now, but I'm going to roll with this. What's your favorite <laughs> way to buy or get crypto? Um, and let's append that with, have you ever used a crypto ATM? There you go. Yes, I have. I've used it. I used, I've used a crypto ATM. I've, I bought Bitcoin on a crypto ATM in Bitcoin 2019. Uh, don't really advise doing that because the exchange rate is terrible. Unless it's the coin flip ATM guys, they're you know I know he looks. See, Mitch was on the edge of his seat. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's no, actually not bad though compared, but yeah, no, it's yeah. it's still more expensive I mean, than some some ways. It's really good though for people that don't have the ability or knowledge. Yeah, to... totally. I would, I would, I would. There you go. There you go. Mitch, <laughs> nice. I would, I would go. I mean, look for anybody that's coming into the crypto space. Um, I would stay away from purchasing i would just go to a bitcoin atm and buy it just throw twenty dollars in in there download a wallet right uh just get used to it you know and then because that i mean to tell somebody you know you know go on coinbase or go on cat and so to answer the other question i like to use cash app to buy bitcoin it's super easy and i also like to i'm starting to use mess with like drop it and, and those and um there's another uh, peter mccormick was recommending um uh, what Kraken? Yes, thank you, thank you. So I'm starting to mess with that, but I haven't really gotten a chance to really divulge into that. But really, it's for me, it's it's Cash App, and then I and then I use Abra too. If, you, if you're familiar with Abra, uh-huh. um, they're pretty, they're relatively easy, very easy to sync up um, stuff there. So, uh, but yeah, we don't even have coin flip ATMs out out. I'm in I'm in outside of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So well, we know, you know how to fix you know, that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I try telling these guys, you know, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of, um, I deal with a lot of uh, the Indian community and they obviously, some of them own a lot of uh, convenience stores. Right. And I, and I start, and some of the ones that I don't deal with, you know, they're talking to me about, you know, uh, 
do they, so I'm asking them, do these, do these guys give you something to be here? You know, they're like, nah, they just, you know, throw it in there. I don't really care. And you know, they, I said, how many people use these? Like, Oh, I get people here all the time. You know, and I'm like, do you have any idea what it does or what, you know, how's it work? And they're like, yeah, kind of, they don't really care. They just, you know, for them, it's just kind of, you know, getting the flow of traffic in their store, you know, but, um, there, I mean, so to give you an idea, central Pennsylvania, people live under rocks, man. They don't, they don't, you know, they don't know it's cold country, you know, it's the, it's technically, it's part of the, I mean, it's, it's not really the rust belt, but I mean, Ohio's not too far and, you know, it's, it's just, it's an area where, you know, the coal, the coal industry, uh, was a huge industry. It still technically is for some parts of the Pennsylvania. And so, you know, these guys, you know, they got, a, they got tons of cash. I mean, you know, but it's under a mattress or they just went to the bank account last week and they've never been to a bank in their whole life, you know? And so it's, it's really difficult. Like when, even when I talk about what I do in the energy space, um, not, and then, and then trying to talk to them about cryptocurrency, it's like, just, just stop. I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're, you, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. So I just need you to wait to stop, stop talking. So I'm like, okay, well, this, this is not good because you, you know, for you guys that don't like banks, like I have actually people that don't like banks, which I don't have a problem with banks. It's just, I don't really agree with how they operate. Fine. Whatever. Everybody's got their own, you know, and I, I have, I use a bank, you know, whatever, but some people don't like banks. Well, I'm like, yeah, if you don't like a bank, you probably should look into cryptocurrency. Cause that might solve your issue there, you know, but still it's just, it's just such a hard, you know, I mean, less, what is it? 1% of the world understands cryptocurrency or something like that. I think I heard that somewhere. So we're, if you understand Bitcoin, you're already in this like upper tier of people. <laughs> so. Right. It sounds about right. I, I think that percentage is pretty close. You know, I, it's funny cause I've, I've knock on wood, I've got my third, um, <laughs> ATM location the other day. Um, nice. So I'm, I'm stoked about that, but you know, it's amazing how many people, you know, you, you walk in and you're talking to them and you're like, so are you familiar with what Bitcoin is? And they look at you or you say cryptocurrencies and they're like, well, no. And I'm like, okay, you don't need to understand that, but here's what it does. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's just, it's crazy how many people don't. And, but that keyword Bitcoin, Bitcoin, I think, the word, the name, the association is growing exponentially and people, you mentioned Bitcoin and because it's been all over the news lately, you know, and you know, yes. for God's sakes, the president spoke of it and said, oh, it, it's not mm -hmm. a currency. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Explain that one to me, Lucy. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think uh, you're right. I was going to say that exact word or that exact phrase Mitch in regards to, you know, just because our president said it, people know about it. Now they can not know anything about it, but the word Bitcoin has been kind of like, Oh yeah, that's weird. I've never heard of that before, but sure. Trump said it. Right. I, I, I know what it is. Yeah. Of course. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know, that's crazy. So uh, let's just say we have a catastrophe and all of a sudden power is not a thing for you anymore. What do you do with your life? We got a big problem. <laughs> we, we definitely oh, have a big problem. Kind of like three oh, years, four years cool. ago or so when the, all the power in the Northeast went out. No, that was like eight years ago. Yeah. You remember that? It went yeah, out for like yeah. five days. Yeah. Maybe let's bad. do it like this. What about the, have you seen the TV show Revolution? 
It ran for like a season and a half and then it got canceled. It was, I mean, I liked it, but it wasn't that great of a show. But basically there was like magic nanobots that made it so power couldn't exist. It wasn't possible. So let's, let's envision a world where power couldn't exist. What do you do with your life? Well, if power doesn't exist, there's no more Bitcoin. So we're all pretty screwed. Um, And people got way more problems to deal with than not having, not having any Bitcoin. So um, man, well, let's say this. pretty much it's Armageddon, you know, if, if people stop using electricity, that's, I mean, that's just, you know, there, a lot of things won't be able to be done. Um, I'm a fly fisherman, so I'll still be able to eat. Um, (laughs) so I'll be okay there. But, you know, if I were to leave, if I were to leave the energy industry, I would be very upset, you know, because I, I'm very passionate about what I do and it's, to me, it's reset. And, and for that very fact, that is why I believe, you know, the energy industry is partially, you know, recession proof. I mean, again, like I can talk, I, I talk to businesses that have been around for, you know, 50, 100 years, some of them, you know, universities that have been around forever. And I think about if that entity were to not exist, that's, that's a, you know, that's, that's a, that, that's a crappy thing to happen for that you know, wherever that region is. Right. And so, um, when I, when I get up and go to work every day, you know, I get to educate people on how to purchase electricity in deregulated markets in a proper fashion and in a responsible and economical fashion. And in that conversation, I get to talk to them about things like, Hey, did you know electricity is the only commodity in the world that once it's created, it has to be consumed. Or did you know about the impact on, on renewable energy in your specific market? Or do you know what's going on in a regulatory perspective? You know? And so all of this, you know, I get to be a subject matter expert in a, in a trillion dollar market in a portion of that, not the whole thing, because I'm not a renewable expert. I'm not you know, a nuclear expert. I'm not any of that. But I am the guru in electricity supply. I mean, I, I, I love that space. I think it's such a space. It's just like, it's just like cryptocurrency, man. It's, it's, it's so complicated, but yet if you have somebody that can communicate well and can communicate it on a level to where, Hey, Mr. Business owner, you're spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in electricity. You know, did you know, blah, 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 blah. And you go down the list and they say, okay, I knew about one, two, three, four, but I didn't know about five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, talk to me about that and tell me how I can better my position in the market. That's pretty cool to me. And I can talk to pretty much anybody about it. And most of the time, I've never actually, I don't think I've ever had a person tell me to go pound sand in regards to just simply educating somebody. You know, it's always going to be an intelligent conversation if you're asking me, you know, what I do. And, you know, I kind of let the person take it where they want to, right? Because I can get into all the technicals of this space. <laughs> he, said, he said, go pound sand. I did. Heard that? I did. See, mine used to be go find a rock and kick it home. There you <laughs> go, go pound sand. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. The answer that I heard to the question was basically that if energy ceased to exist, you would just disappear from the earth. Right. <laughs> it would be a huge problem, man. Okay, I mean, other than huge... that, I guess you're fly fishing. I haven't, I haven't yeah, well, that's kind I'd, of be on, I'd be on the creek. He'd be fly fishing. I'd be on the creek with my family. I'd be, you know, I, you could find me in the yellow breaches in Pennsylvania, some of the best fly fishing water in go. Pennsylvania. 
So that's a perfect segue into, are, are you a sci-fi guy or a nonfiction guy? Uh, I would, I would creep more into the sci-fi the sci-fi world my my dad did one bright thing in raising me and the fact that he uh i was a huge star trek the next generation fan captain picard data i was fascinated with data man like you know and uh, i actually just listened to a, a podcast with um oh, what's what's the guy what's the guy jordy what's his name from reading rainbow um LeVar yeah LeVar my uh, my buddy yeah, there you go uh, but just i was fascinated with all those characters and like data just blew me away man like when they would open him up and like you know they would uh they'd like work on his brain and it's like a robot in there like all this computer stuff so like i i always had a like a, a soft spot in heart for tech but i i just felt like incapable myself of just like divulging into this tech world because i mean you could easily get lost in it i mean you could just stay in the crypto sector and just you know be in that for years and years and years and years and years it's very know? big it's a very big space but yet it's so small i love that in this big space i've managed to find one other person that also refers to lavar burden as the guy from reading rainbow not of the guy course, from Star right? Trek. because like i knew about reading rainbow way before i knew about star trek <laughs> yeah, but I used to watch oh, Star dude. Trek back in the day when it was James T. Kirk and Spock and Bones. Ooh, and, that's you know, the original. Back when my dad, I used to watch it kind of like you, you know, with my dad, you know, back in the day. Nice. It was the old Star Trek shit. That was, yeah, that was the stuff right then. You know, that and uh, what was that? Swiss, not the rust. The one with the robot. Uh, oh, uh, Star not, Wars. No, not the, the Robinson family. Um, Lost Ooh. in space. <laughs> oh, lost in space. Yeah. yeah, lost in space. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that yeah. was before. That was before my time. But well, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'll tell you, Blaze. This has been an amazing podcast. You know, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Yeah, man. Of course. Thank you. Definitely. It's been a good time. We hope you had fun. Yes. Thank you very much, guys, and uh, have a great evening. Okay. Thanks. You too, buddy. You too. Until we see uh, you around. Yeah, have definitely. A great night. Man. You too. Thanks. Take it easy. Well, that was a good podcast. Uh, reading Rainbow. Reading, reading Rainbow. Rainbow. You remember Reading have, Rainbow, right? I have no clue what you're talking There's about. a generational gap happening here. A little bit. So, <laughs> LeVar Burton did a kid's reading thing for PBS called okay. Reading Rainbow, where basically like they would just read books. I don't even remember much about it now, but we'd watch it in elementary school all the time. You know, I've probably seen like a hundred Reading Rainbows, even though I don't remember a whole right. lot about it. But uh, LeVar Burton was always the Reading Rainbow guy because he read the books to you. And then okay. one day I was watching TV and there was Star Trek on and I was like, holy fuck, it's the Reading Rainbow guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. My parents probably said the same thing that you did. Like, what the fuck is Reading Rainbow? Um, well, you know, my kids were into Teletubbies and freaking blues clues and stuff like that you know so it's like well this isn't something that we watch at home for entertainment either this is like the teacher wheeled out the tv and said we're watching Rain reading rainbow now what yeah it's terrible but oh it was God. it was a video time though so we all were excited because we didn't have to do anything but watch a guy read a book to us for a half hour so <laughs> i remember how odd it felt when the teacher brought out the tv and sex ed like, oh, <laughs> oh god what are we watching is, now <laughs> uh, there was a little bit of excitement at the same time and then a little bit of terrified 
Yeah, right. <laughs> You're like, hmm, <laughs> what exactly are we going to see? Did I really want to know all of this? I, I don't think so. And then they start playing the video and then it's just all downhill from there. You just know there's, there's no good. There's no positive from here. This is just going to be an hour of uncomfortable. Oh my God. <laughs> see, the blood starts to flow from your brain and that creates this euphoric feeling. No. Uh, I thought that was marijuana. Oh, wait. Yeah, well, no. that too. That, en- that enhances it. It enhances it. Yeah. Okay. We're not going to go there. <laughs> We've turned a clean podcast into a late night podcast in moments. Well, right. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. I, you know, I'd like to hear more about the uh, electricity and what he actually does in the line of, um, you know, for helping my stuff out. Is there a way to get energy cheaper or, or stuff like that? We didn't really get too deep into that, but maybe on the next one. Oh yeah, I have a feeling there will definitely be a next one. He's full of information. Let's put it that way. And we barely touched the surface. So it'll be interesting to, I'd like to learn a little bit more about sort of the effects that mining has on energy usage and maybe what he's looking at as far as renewable energy sources for mining, you know, risk to his business. If some proof of stake or some other non-mining required consensus mechanism is suddenly the best. So there's a lot we can get into. There's like two or three more podcasts we could have with this guy. Oh, for sure. So until then, guys, have a great day, great evening, whichever it may be. Thanks for joining the show. If you're out there, look up your nearest coin flip ATM, go buy some XLM. That's not financial advice. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Get you some XLM. Right on, guys. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. Peace.